0: I'm glad that we're here and that you're here and, um, for all of you tuning in, we are really going to learn some of Rocio's wisdom, uh, get some nuggets and um, some things on how we can improve ourselves and our leadership ability and our activate within us what we need to be doing to live better holistic lives, to be better professionals, to be better executives, to be better CEOs at the end of the day, right? Because that is what we are all doing and living and striving. Um, so I'm so excited, Rocio, to have you here today I'm Um, excited to be here with you today yay yay so let's start off with some like bangers you know I'm gonna I'm gonna ask some tough questions obviously Mm -hmm. you know uh, a little bit Um, but I'll start off with like what do you feel um, is really the most important thing that we as Latinos as Hispanics as POC right can do every day to help better our path to self-leadership
1: And that's beautiful. And then that's taking the bull by the horns every single day. And it's saying, hey, you know, what can I do here now? Understanding that investing in ourselves, top and number one, it is the most important thing. People get to success because of That's what they did, right? Tiger Woods didn't become Tiger Woods because he became Tiger Woods. He became Tiger Woods because somebody saw the potential and helped him tune in. And whether it was that two millimeter tweak and saying, Tiger, you know, go ahead and hit this way and hit that way. And as you saw in many of the videos where he would turn around and look at his coach, who was his father, and see if that's the way he should hit. Right? To take a look at that, to take leadership in our own hands, that we are all capable of becoming extraordinary leaders because we are that CEO of our own company, which is self, right? Nobody can be the the CEO for us. And to really know that we must have vision. That vision is so important. When you can see the way, you can be led through the way. And I'll repeat that when you can see the way, you can be led through the way. And that's how I've lived my entire life to be able to see vision where. There wasn't any right and to have vision doesn't mean that you have sight or to have sight doesn't mean you have vision and vice versa and all the way around to be able to see something to be able to envision something that's not there right here right now and to be able to bring it to fruition.
0: I love that so much. Um, And that is such a perfect segue into my next question, which is what is it that you feel stops us as and when I say us, we have a wide variety of listeners of different ethnicities, but primarily in the Hispanic and Latino community. What do you feel stops us from really... That process and that's
1: a fascinating question right what stops us and what stops here's something that I've learned across humanity and it's whether from working with people from Sri Lanka or all the way across the Americas it doesn't matter where we're at what stops us is what we tell ourselves what do we tell ourselves what do we believe about us what we're capable of doing somebody said hey you can't do this the messages that we've been receiving as a young child oh you can't be you can't have more than the others you can't have more money you can't have more success you know and in some cases cases. Right? You know? <laughs> that we hear that in our families is like, you can't be better than someone else. When in reality, we can, we can be the best version of ourselves. Not that we're being, you know, better than anyone else. Really, we could only be the best version of who we are being. What stops us is what we tell ourselves. What stops us are the messages that are inside. What stops us is that sometimes we listen to other people who say, hey, you can't do this. And I, I beg to differ. I say, hey, you know what? If somebody says you can't do this, it's because they don't see that that's possible for them, not for us. When you can see that it's possible for you, when you can weed out all that information that's coming your way and say, hey, you know what? Maybe that's the case for them. And my, like my grandfather used to say, "Mejor que hay un loco y no dos." You know, it's better to be one crazy person than two, because if you're arguing with somebody who's who's perceived limitations of you, who is not going to put any time, energy and effort into what you're doing and where you're going, then there you go, right? Then what one thing that we can do is to say, hey, you know what, I've got this, I can move forward. And just like I did, and I've seen so many people underneath my guidance, and everybody that I've connected with, one thing that they had certain is that they had vision. They had vision, they could see it in their mind's eye because it didn't exist. Everything exists twice in the world. It exists first in the mind and then in reality. First in the mind and then in reality. So how do we move from here to be that person that we desire to be in this moment?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, how do we do that? You know, how do we become more self-aware? You know, and and that's I I just got off a long conversation on on some of that, you know, like the importance of being self-aware and really understanding that Um, when it comes to, and the conversation was on generational wealth, right? You know, how do we instill a legacy of whether it's business ownership, entrepreneurship, um, wealth itself at the very core is how do we instill that legacy as specifically when we are a community that has a lot of baggage and granted all communities have baggage, right? But This community has a lot of, like, for example, I, you know, I grew up. You know, my mother was a bus driver. She worked six, sometimes seven days a week, Mm -hmm. never took a day off for years, you know, and uh, ever actually for the time that she was working, you know, she never took a day off. Um, But this cap of this is your playground, and not specifically from my mom, but from the community, right? And it's the how do we govern our and create in this generation, a new sense of self-worth, a new sense of um, self, creating generational worth, but how does it stem with ourself and and our own ability to believe that we have the audacity to pursue the things that we wanna do, right? Because it's the audacity, the the, uh, overcoming that imposter syndrome, the feeling Mm -hmm. that you belong at the table.
1: Mm -hmm. I just wanna jump out of my seat right here.
0: (laughs) I just just want to jump out of my seat right here,
1: okay? Because at the end of the day, here's here's the key number one that nobody ever told us, that poverty and wealth exist both in the mind. It exists in the mind. And when we feel that we're impoverished, we act impoverished, right? Because everything follows a thought. There's a thought, and then there's the feeling of feeling it. And then there's the belief of being it. And then there's the actions that we take as a result of it. And then there's a result of it. What if, here's the magic, Sandra. What if we can walk around and give everyone accolade and acknowledge them for everything? Here's the magic. The subconscious mind does not know the difference whether we're acknowledging another human being or we're acknowledging ourselves. And every time we say something against someone, we are actually doing it against ourselves. What if? through that acknowledgement, through that connection, and through that upliftment, we uplift ourselves. And we become that individual who's magical, mystical in many different ways that can uplift humanity, that can say, hey, you know what? I'm here. I see you. I see the potential in you. And here's what was fascinating. After 16 16 and a half years of coaching, I went on my own magical, mystical journey of getting coached myself. And I wondered all that time, I'm like, I wonder why people, there's, there must be something in my words that allows individuals who had a third grade education in their country didn't even speak English or limited amounts of English. Their capacity to learn, to me was extraordinary and graduated from an institution of higher ed. How is that possible? And what I realized that, that my words did have meaning. That every single word I didn't know at that time, I just thought I'm like, I'm doing a job and I'm making sure that these people are getting in and through school and they're being successful and everything along the way. And what I discovered was that I was able to hold a vision for them. Let me hold a vision. You may not see it now. Walk alongside me and I will share with you. I will find and I will give every ounce of effort to shine your light back upon you. That's what made them successful. Not only that, that's what allowed me to go along the way because now I had something greater than myself. And it reminds me of one day, a number of years back, I was over here in Manitou Springs in Colorado and they have this incline that's like a thousand steps that you have to go up. And I was like huffing and puffing, Sandra, all the way up and I'm like, oh, and I'm like huffing and puffing. And maybe a quarter of the way I stopped and I'm like, I don't know if I can go any further. Like, I want to. The people that I was with were going on that path. And then I met two gals from Texas who needed the support. And I got outside of my head. I was sitting down. Like, trust me, I was sitting down. I was under <laughs> under this tree making sure I got some shade. And and then I got out of myself. And I said, Wow what an amazing experience if I just coached them all the way to the top. And I'm like, you've got these ladies. Come on. You've got this. Let's keep moving forward. You've got this. We're a step closer and a step closer and a step closer. And we made it all the way to the top, right? When we can get outside of ourselves and see it, not only did they win, I won.
0: I love that for so many ways and so many reasons. Um, But um, you touched on something so critical. Oftentimes, we're trying to climb a mountain, metaphoric or physical, or you know, um, sometimes we're trying to climb a mountain and we're trying to keep up with the, you know, those who have or are on the path. Which I think is so important for us to associate ourselves with those who are climbing that mountain, mm-hmm. you know, because it allows us to force ourselves to climb that mountain. But you brought something. Um, beautiful to the table which is look down and see who's trying to climb also and who is beneath you and trying and not beneath you but uh, I mean I'm, I'm and I'm talking literal as I'm imagining this but who is also trying to climb the mountain with you that you feel that you can encourage you know and it's and we find fire and energy and life I think in our pursuit of of service and in serving others with saying, no, you can do it. Sometimes that is the beauty of life is when we can take ourselves outside of ourselves and look at others that are on that journey and say, hold up. Maybe I don't have a thousand percent faith in myself, but I have a thousand percent faith in you, you know, and I know Mm -hmm. you can do this. And through that process, you get to your thousand percent you know, and and you make it to the top, you know, as well, but in that service of others. So I I think that was beautiful um, that you shared that. And I think it's so extraordinary, right? Because to me, leadership is not
1: about outshining the people that you lead. It is about outshining the people that you become, right? Like you're outshining, constantly outshining yourself.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And allowing those that outshine you to be led by you right? yes to because everybody has an extraordinary gift i wouldn't be here today without my team i would not be here today without my team because they have knowledge skills abilities that i don't have i sell them a vision of what's possible and they guide me along the way i'm learning i'm like hey, how can i be present how can i be more present right here now how can i be more present in this moment to be able to see the gifts and there will be there, there was times in the beginning of my career that I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I know the way, let me leave, no, 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 I don't know the way. I know nothing, okay? So if one thing that I know right now is that I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> and so I allow people to share their thoughts, their insights, their gifts, things that I would never see. And that's what leadership, true leadership is about, about being able to see people, see them for where they're at, see the gifts and completely be in awe of what's
0: possible and probable in this world. I love that. Um, You know, we often think leadership is what we have complete control over and what we're actually doing, but it is the collaborative of the people around us. It is the people that we, Uh, bring into our lives and and learn from as they work with us as they do like we learn from the bigger picture i don't think we're very like um as especially as females you know we're certainly not siloed into one thing you know this this is why we have like a solution for every problem that could exist right Mm -hmm. like we think about things strategically on how we can better the 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 whole of our community. And that is one thing that differentiates us, I think from many cultures um, or many non POC cultures, well, not many, Um, but you know, like I I think that is a a differentiator within within us as we look at the, how does the community at whole benefit from this, you know, how does everyone gain, you know, how does like, how do we move forward as a community Holistically, we're always trying to almost um, t- well, we are trying to take care of everybody, um, and and that is, you know, part of the process that sometimes can stop us. You know, it it, it can do a couple of things, right? It can it can stop us from really um, seeing what it is that we want to do holistically, and mm-hmm. as well as, you know, really trying to understand our place in the world, you know? And, and in that, I wanna talk about um, leadership in corporate America, because I know you're very um, familiar with that aspect and, and dealing with uh, corporate. What are you finding the percentages are like, when it comes to dealing with, not dealing dealing, working with, right, um, leaders within, Corporate America that are POs, that are people of color. You know, what do you think about, or wh- what are you observing about? Um, firstly, what is the percentage of leaders that you're finding that are um, minority or underserved communities really owning their so- self leadership? Right, because one of the things I'm passionate about is making sure that people of color and 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 the minority and underserved community are owning the audacity to have a place at the table and feeling that sense of self-worth. But what do you feel or are you finding is the number one, the percentage of people of color in leadership positions? um, And um, are they male, are they female? And how do we galvanize for more
1: of those? Well, I would definitely say that the number is not enough. The percentage, it can increase. (laughs) <laughs> Numbers over men over women. I would say that there's probably four times the amount of men than what there are women in corporate leading. Yes, ninety-three percent of leaders to begin with, and this is across the board. Ninety-three percent of the leaders don't feel like they have the knowledge, skills, and abilities to be able to lead others. Therefore, here we get you know when an individual's an extraordinary manager who is yeah. being put into a place, and this is where I started at the beginning of this conversation, is we must learn to lead ourselves. We must invest in ourselves, right? Because if we're waiting for somebody to invest in us, we're going to be waiting for the rest of our life. We may get lucky, okay? We may get lucky that somebody takes the time to invest in us. The vast majority will never see that or experience that. And when we're looking at it from that perspective and saying, hey, how do I lead myself? How do I invest in myself? How do I become this extraordinary individual that we all are, right? Because we were all meant to shine. We all have extraordinary things that we can connect with. How do I connect from a place of empathy and compassion and connection and authenticity? Because a lot of the times, even when we make it, and let's just be honest on that, like I've been that person, right, who's been in that place and said, okay, I made it, but yet I wasn't vulnerable. I didn't ask for what I needed. I was too ashamed. That imposter syndrome that we talked about a moment ago before the conversation is to look at how do I overtake that? How can I dominate that conversation within myself to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to connect? Because humanity connects over what? So many people are asking right now, what should leaders do in order to be extraordinary leaders and a lot of people are thinking, well, give us give us free lunches and give us uh, housekeepers, give us all these things. No, let's connect from a human to human perspective. What is it that you need, Sandra, today, right here, right now, Rocio, Miguel, whoever, What do you need? Where are you going? True leadership allows that person to shine, to take a look at, because the vast majority of us right now are sitting, when we talk about imposter syndrome, when we talk about not even making contributions, more than 60% of people feel like they're an imposter. Almost 80% of people, don't feel that they can make a contribution at work. They don't feel psychologically safe to make a contribution at work. We have almost 70% of the workforce that doesn't like the job that they're in. Some of us took the job because it was great money. It was a great opportunity because mom and dad, you know, we're immigrants or whatever, a first, first to school, whatever that means, first generation to school. And here we are taking that job or maybe that's what we think that they want from us. Maybe it was a friend who did it and we're not passionate. And one day we wake up in our middle of our career and say, wow, what do I do here now? Like, I don't like this job. I never liked it to begin with. I'm miserable at it. That's when we start to look at the vast majority of problems that we may have inside of the organization because it has nothing to do with the organization. Are we getting paid a fair wage in most cases? Yes, I would say yes, right? That we get paid for the value that we bring into an organization. We want to get paid more let's go find more value let's let's make ourselves more valuable is it a certification is it a speaking class is it a leadership class is it a mentor is it a coach is it somebody there that can help us along the way and when they say that this when the students is ready right, the teacher always appears we must just be cognizant of the fact that that person may be in front of us and based on some of the baggage, because I've had it too, you know, I was like, I wrote the book on it, I have the triple PhD in in life, and all the things, the school of hard knocks, and things that can go wrong, and here we are now, where do we go from here now, how do I transcend the way that I'm viewing the world, because a lot of the times, and I'm sure you've come across it a lot, where individuals, you come to them like, hey, here's the solution in this book, and they're like, oh, you know, I can't, read that book or i don't have enough money and you don't have enough money okay so and i look at that and i'm like wow you know sometimes it's the choices that we make and when we talk about cafe you know when we talk about hey we're hanging out at starbucks and we're buying starbucks five days a week and we can't invest 25 dollars what if we forego starbucks for a month what would be possible What if we start to invest in ourselves? What if we start to pick up a book and talk with the CEO? Hey, what are your favorite books? Here's where I'm going. This is where I want to be. Start to lead ourselves now.
0: Gosh, I have like a million different directions i want to go from everything that you just said uh because it was all so beautiful and also like like there are just so many webs to go from each one of those things you know um it is that sense of self-worth right that sense of do i belong here and do i have a place here and and knowing that not everybody knows the knowledge that we have acquired and our skill sets and our quote unquote resume right that's on paper but there are things outside of our resume that give us the education that we have that give us the life experience you know it it is a it is a a compilation of all of that our life experience our journey our upbringing what we learn how we learn to be empathetic or not you know what we learned about humanity and the psychology of what really makes us tick you know and all of that contributed to a, in an in a business environment has such a different perspective and value when it comes to speaking of people, speaking to people and marketing and business, because that is the world we're living in. It's no longer a, um, you know, a, I have a product sell, you know, here, here's an ad yeah. and I, we are reaching people at a very heartful level because we want. To be reached at a heartful level, we want to know that the things that we invest in are meaningful and impactful, and can take us to that next level. And there are people out there that are in uh, so many different avenues, you know, on the spectrum of all of that. But at the at the very beginning stages of what really makes somebody tick, to say, "I belong in leadership," and and not "I belong in leadership," because I don't think that you can belong in leadership. I think that you are it or you're not it. And that is not um, um, exemplified by you saying it, that is exemplified by others saying it and others acknowledging it because um, that, that really is what leadership is. We don't call ourselves leaders. Other people feel led by us in a sense, by our life experience, by our empathy, by our compassion, by the way that we handle things, by the way that we react to things, by the way that we um, lead thought and become a thought leader in, in, in people's
1: minds. And that's so beautifully said. When we talk about diversity of thought, here we go. Diversity of thought, key number one. And you're right, we don't get to call ourselves leaders. People get to call us leaders, right? That, and we don't, leadership is not a title because we can lead from the middle. We can lead from wherever we're at. Okay. And I completely got that. That was very, very clear looking back. And just like Stephen Jobs used to say, Steve Jobs used to say, hey, you know, you can only connect the dots looking back, right? You can't connect the dots looking forward. And I remember looking at myself and leading the adults in my life, divorcing my parents at 15. How does that happen, right? To go to university, to do all the things that I've been able to do throughout my life, I had to lead others. And then here's the beauty of it too. When we think about that imposter syndrome, when we're thinking that our adversities actually are our greatest detriments, they're not. Our adversities are our greatest gifts because they allow us to expand and see the world through a different lens. And as we see that world through a different lens, we get to contribute because the days of leaving it, leave your problems outside the door, leave your humanity outside the door, they're gone. The reality is that we need everyone to bring everything. Huge corporations that I've had the privilege to work with who don't feel that their leadership or individuals are stepping up, that they're not bringing all of them, that they're not climbing up that corporate ladder as they can be. Why? Why are we not doing that? What about opening up and being more empathetic and connecting with individuals? And it starts with the people that we're working with. Let's be more vulnerable at work. Let's be more authentic. Instead of saying, I've got this, maybe I don't. Because I can guarantee you that more than 50% of the time that when we say we got this, we don't. And we're missing opportunities for others to shine their light upon us, to lead us, or to even contribute to what we're doing. And yet we're going home being completely upset, overwhelmed by work, and it could be different. What would it be if it was different? What if I can take over and shine some light on Johnny's project and Johnny Johnny can shine some light on my own project? What would that look like? And what if I did bring and tap into my entire humanity? That means where I walk into a corporate room, and I've seen this with individuals, I've experienced this personally, where somebody can walk in a room and they've been having a problem for months. And this person, based on the way that they think, it's almost like a puzzle. They look at it and they, and they move things around. And they say, wow, this is simple. What's the problem? and they move it around in front of you and you're like, what? How is that possible? And that's the beauty. To me, it's to be more bold. It's to be more authentic. It's to be more present and to see what is missing. What is missing in our communication? What's missing in our authenticity? What's missing in our being in the way that we are being because we could only reflect what we have inside of us, right? (laughs) And if we're scared, we're only reflecting being scared. If we're not feeling good enough, we're only going to reflect not being good enough, and people will treat us according to who it is that we vibrate. And that's that's something that's so key. And like, if somebody's walking around not feeling good about themselves, how are people going to treat them? Yet, when you see that individual walk in the door and they're like completely on fire, you're like, I don't know who that is. I want to know that person. I have no idea who that is. I must know that person. And that's the joy of being able to invest in ourselves and to see. And it is what we tell ourselves. If we walk around saying, hey, I, I don't have this. Then we're go- going to generate that energy of I don't have this. And when we walk around saying, you know what, I've got this and I have something to contribute. You know, I am going to speak up on that meeting, right? Because I have these thoughts and ideas. And what if, what if it wasn't even what we said? And here's the magic of it. Sometimes it's not what we say. Sometimes it's just the fact that we say something that may trigger somebody else to contribute the solution and vice versa.
0: Yeah. you That's so beautiful. You know, I met with um, an individual who had mentioned that, in order for us especially as the hispanic com- latino community in order for us to speak up at a boardroom if we're the only hispanic in that boardroom we're not going to speak up if there are like if there are three other hispanics it we have a, a percentage more likely that we're going to have the courage to say something um and if there's five or more we're going to encourage two or more hispanics to speak up like the statistics was like amazing like you know that this person broke down that you know what it is um we are encouraged when there are others that are have that we feel can empathize with some of our life experiences and we feel and that that gives us courage to speak up um the other thing that i wanted to mention is that we often think that every everything that we know everybody knows Right, like we discredit, we discredit our own knowledge often mm-hmm. because we're like, oh no, everybody already knows this stuff. This is like stuff that's you know, like I learned so others should know that and it's simple to me therefore it is simple to others and we need to stop thinking in those terms right like mm-hmm. this is something that i think is um detrimental to our own um legacy leaving thing you know we're because we're holding ourselves back from sharing because we're like oh, everybody knows what I already what i know um but you know that is the key you know as we we have the obligation and the responsibility to share our voice. You know, how do we get out of the mindset sometimes when we feel maybe um, there are people that are intimidated in an executive boardroom environment or in a business environment that feel um, not 100% confidence in speaking up, like, what are your thoughts on ways to like help individuals um that are listening and we have entrepreneurs we have business owners we have executives listening to us um but what do you feel is that thing to like own who we are and speak up at boardrooms at the tables that matter and share our opinions despite what our self thinks like oh, everybody knows this you know like what are your thoughts on that and what are your experience with that especially
1: i would say own all of you Like, let's start by owning all of us. My name is not Rosio. My name is Rocio, Rocio Perez. And I have accents on my name, right? Let's own that. Let's own the fact that I come from an immigrant family. Let's own the fact that I came from an abusive background. Let's own the fact that I didn't graduate from high school and I went on to university. Let's own the fact that I was that teen mom. Let's own the fact that I've failed and I've gotten up. Let's own all of that. Okay, that's where it begins, the fact that that human to human connection, that authenticity, that vulnerability, because we're running around hiding, Sandra. We we wear the mask of let let me please, mom. So I, I pretend to be this person. And for dad, dad, do you like for me to behave this way as a young child? And those masks, you know, whether it was brother, sister, teacher, preacher, whoever it was, we learn to act in certain ways that are inauthentic. And yet when we take all that off mask by mask, we start to understand the beauty of this individual, who we are, who we came here to be is much greater than who we are being. And I'm gonna repeat that. Who we came here to be is much greater than who we pretend to be even in this moment, right? Because here's all those masks. Let's take those masks off. Let's admit the fact that there's always relatability. When, and I can tell you that, there was a moment in my life and I would say, Let's not even say it moment. Let's go 40 years back, you know, a whole 40 years of my life, okay? For 40 years, I didn't want to share about my life. And yes, I was sharing at very, very little levels, right? It was just the tip of the iceberg. And yet when I started to share things about myself, people started to open up. And they're like, wow, this is what you're doing? I want to help. I want to contribute. I'm not even asking them for anything. They're offering right? They're the ones coming to me and saying, hey, you know what? I want to be part of what you're doing because I see that it's extraordinary. That's the, that's the key too. Even in a work environment, we all think that everybody's living a perfect life and that we're the ones that there's something wrong with me, right? We think about it. I'm like, oh wait, there's something wrong with me. I don't want to share anything about myself. Yet when we sit down, we have this conversation, authentic conversation, human to human, there's always a relatability to it. That I know you've been through tough things. And I realize, you know what, Sandra? You've been through tougher things than I have, right? Like I acknowledge you and I, I, I know your life's journey. And I know where you're going. I know where you've been. I know where you want to go. And now there's authentic communication versus, hey, you know what? I'm perfect. Because at one point in my life, you could have put me on any stage and given me a topic and I would have been extraordinary at presenting on it. Yet I was inauthentic. Because I wasn't sharing myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that you brought that up, Rocio. Uh, Rocio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say it how how it sounds. But, um, you know, I, I love that you brought that up because, you know, often we think that we have to, like, be a specific person to be accepted right and I don't know where that comes from you know that that's some other baggage that we could probably address mm-hmm. in a more longer conversation but like we often feel that we are um not I- exactly where we need to be to to when we're when we're at where we are you know like we feel that that sense of are we good enough to be here and you know are we um you know are are we really valuing? ourselves and and do we do we fit in do we matter does our voice matter and how does um more so which was my point is often we think in in a corporate environment that the people that are like uh everything is good in their life right they're they're showcasing all their highlights of all of what's good we can't really relate to those people we can't connect uh, with those people on Mm -hmm. a deeper level it is the moment that they say this is my trial." This is my obstacle that they open the door and the window into who they are and where we feel is the beautiful connection of humanity where we could say, wow, you are not this person that is so perfect that I can't even relate to, you are a human being that has and, and encompasses a lot of the same trials and tribulations that I have experienced as a human being, regardless of what scenario you have in life. But that is where we find connection. It is through, you know, these trials that we experience through life, you know, where we feel... um. God, what's the word? We 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 feel like vindicated. We feel like, hey, this is not just me. This is all of us. You know, we're in this together kind of uh mentality. It's 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 you, it's me, and now we are a force to be reckoned with. Now alone I'm very weak. But now that I know that my sorrows are also carried by you, are also carried by this person and that person in some dynamic way, it doesn't have to be exactly, but now we are a collective of really getting to the point where we understand the process of our beingness and we can now embrace those things and say, now what? Now, what do we take with this life and how do we create beauty from it how do we create beauty out of the muck and the mire how do we manifest you know beautiful things from 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 that but it is through understanding that leaders unless they're vulnerable enough and they should be vulnerable enough to share the obstacles and trials in their life i think that is so important for us to see people that are we uh, des- that we designate as people in a in a position that we see that their humanity that we see their obstacles and their trials and the things that they have enduring. And I would love to ask you, where do you feel is the fine line between that? Where do you feel is the fine line between sharing who we are authentically and being real and raw, and then understanding our position as a leader, as a CEO to say how much is too much to share and where do I, where's that line where people may lose, um, uh, some sense of respect and is there that? I don't know. What are your thoughts Mm -hmm. on that?
1: Mm -hmm. That's huge, right? Here's here's a great opportunity. One thing is to share. One thing is to feel vulnerable and the other thing is to be vulnerable and I'm going to repeat that. One thing is to feel vulnerable which may be I'm under attack, something's happening, I don't like this, whatever that may be and the other thing is to be vulnerable to share who I am and what I've been through. If we're still bleeding in the process, let's go get somebody to support us through that process, right? Because sharing and vulnerability are not, I'm bleeding and I need you as my therapist now, right? Let's make that distinction, right? One thing is to say, you know what? I've been through difficult times. These, this is what it looks like. I, I I lost a job, I, whatever it may be. I lost a child, I lost my marriage, you know, whatever that may be. And here's been my life journey on it. And the other thing is to use that as a place to heal. That's Those are two very different things, right? Mm-hmm. Being vulnerable as an individual and feeling vulnerable. There's a difference between being empathetic and being sympathetic. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to cry with you. Is it going to help us? No, it's not. I'm not going to learn anything from you. I'm not even being present for you. If I find myself in that place, what can I do? Maybe it's, it's a great time. It's a great opportunity to go heal. You know, in the beginning, Sandra, when I made the commitment to teach and to share my life experiences with our communities over 20 years ago, I literally would cry before I went and walked in front of people because it was so much, I was still bleeding right i was still bleeding and now i can sit in front of people and touch move and inspire instead of depress them you know? <laughs> Let's just be honest you know there's a difference in that where we can we can be that whole authentic self and to say you know what i want to get to know about you what's been your life journey what what is your superpower what are you most proud of what do you acknowledge you know what what is one thing that you would like for me to know about you these conversations and what's extraordinary about these conversations is as I began to have conversations, authentic conversations like that and watch people around me do the same, that those relationships, instead of it taking one or three years to develop, took one conversation because we shared our humanity. See, there was times that even me being a president of a chapter of a national organization the people that I was leading didn't even know I had a family. They had no idea. We hadn't even shared to our basics of our humanity, the core of what makes our hearts sing, the core of our why, my why.
0: So important, um, yeah. Like you know, oftentimes we we have conversation and they're very like a business centered or like, what are we trying to achieve during this? But um, how important is it to have intimate conversations to understand somebody's upbringing, to understand somebody's family life? How many kids they have? Are you married? Are you not married? Like, what is it about you? Like where is your perspective coming from and what is influencing that perspective and that life experience? So um, I love that you brought that up because um, so many people don't think about that, you know. And 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 I remember even in the sales uh, when I was in sales for uh, many years, like those are things like you know, if I found out somebody was a football fan of something, I would like jot down and I would have conversations. But but and I'm as I'm even saying that now, I'm like, well, is that authentic? Well, yeah, because I care about right. I cared about what they were interested in because I know that I care about some of the things I'm interested in, even if there's something else, you know, like what matters to me doesn't have to matter to you. What matters to you doesn't have to matter to me, but I still care that something matters to you. Mm -hmm. And why does it matter to you? How does it influence your identity and your beingness? And how do you share that or, um, you know, make that off into the world? You know, how does that energy transfer itself and, and really, take, what you're really passionate about, and how does that influence how we live our lives and our day-to-day? And how do you see life differently as a result of it? What an amazing experience.
1: And to me, it's a question. Maybe it's two. Maybe that person wants to share with you why they're driven by that passion. Maybe, I love asking the question, what's your superpower? And I see people go from like very firm and just like standing there or sitting there in a lot of the cases to like, Wow, they start to relax. Their body relaxes. And now there's relatability. There's connection. Like, wow, yes. What made your heart sing when you were a child? What did you want to become when you were a little girl? To that person being completely touched, moved, and inspired. Like, yes, I wanted to become a teacher. Are you that teacher now? Great. I love the fact. And and whatever it is that that person shares is whatever it is that that person shares. I don't have to know everything about them. The most important to know is what makes their heart sing, what's brought them, what's led them to this point, and tap into the humanity. We will know when we tap into people's humanities. Their bodies are much more relaxed. Their conversations. And just like anyone, let's just be honest, we can be in Italy, and we don't even speak Italian, and all of a sudden, you know, you and I, and we hear this all the time, there's two Americans on there, and we strike up a conversation shortly enough, we're sharing pictures, we're having, inviting people over for dinner, we just met them on the bus, you know? <laughs> but yet there was that relatability, that we're from the same place, that we have things that are in common, and that's what we discover through relatability, and having these true and authentic conversations.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, Can you share with us, like, uh, uh, your background is extensive, you know, but for the sake of time, can you share with us kind of some some pivotal points in your life that had led you to where you are today that had made a difference in how you perceive and react to the world? Well, there's so
1: many pivotal points in my life. Well, first of all, being a runaway, that was huge. Understanding that I had to take life into my own hands if I wanted to create my own world. Understanding that being pregnant at fourteen, mama by fifteen, that I had to be that leader for my son, because as a Latina person of color, uneducated, menial labor, and in an abusive relationship, family didn't care. What opportunity was my son going to have? That was pivotal in my life. What was pivotal? Here, fast forward, even even just a little over a decade ago, being diagnosed with a brain tumor, that was pivotal. That was wake up and live. Wake up. We don't get a second chance at life. We get one life. There's only one life to live. Either we're living in our passion or living somebody else's passion, right? We're either living in our passion or living somebody else's passion. And just to know that, hey, I have the opportunity to be able to create myself newly moment by moment. Who do I choose to be? in that moment as i was looking at the age of 34 staring outside my window and saying what do i do here now what would i do differently who do i want to be and going after as my life depended on it because it did there's nothing more uh, impactful that i've experienced in my life than to be facing death and saying hey how do i live how do i choose to live and as i had a lot of people asking me rocio what do you do now you know like how are you and I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on health-wise. I'm like, I am here because I'm passionate about what I'm doing. I love helping people. I'm gonna live full out every moment, no matter what it is. Because let's be honest, we're all dying every day. We are all dying every day. Some of us may die sooner. And just like me and one of the doctors said, you can have a stroke and die any moment. I get it. Now it's time to live. It's time to live full out here now.
0: I love that so much. So, like on that, what do you want to see in the world, Rocio? Like, what is your vision of, like, what you'd like to create or what you'd like to see, or both? Wow, that's such an
1: amazing question. It makes. I get goosebumps to know that what, what I want to create. I want to create a magical, mystical world. I want children to be home and to be loved and cherished and supported. I want people that have lived any type of adversity to heal that, to understand that inner adversities are our greatest gifts. We've been blessed. We've been touched, moved, and inspired, and blessed by these experiences. Find the gifts in them and start to create a world that makes everyone's heart sing. What I see is a world of children healing themselves, parents healing themselves. What I see is a place that we're all contributing our gifts, that we are playing full out, that we're all in this together. What I see is that people from all cultures, all walks of life come together as human beings to elevate, to touch, move and inspire everyone and acknowledge people for their contributions and elevate this world. What I see, is that this world can be a better place right here now, based on who we're being.
0: I'm, I'm so in love with that. Um, you know, like I, I think that it's often we don't think about ourselves and how we really envision this world. We, we think about this vision that we want esoterically, but we don't really think about the change that we want um, within humanity on how it can really move how we approach our lives differently, right? Because I think that the biggest thing is the legacy that we leave behind, right? How do we instill our newfound knowledge mm-hmm. in our children and in our adult children now? You're, you know, we were talking about like kids, but we have adult children, right? Mm-hmm. That, um, You know, now we're like, you know, and, and maybe over time, you know, but now I think the awakening that we have now, it's like, okay, how do I impact the world now. I see a lot of uh, individuals and, and, you know, talking about how our responsibility is to impact our youth. How it is, is so important that we raise up and I am I just got off a call and uh, uh, an interview on that very subject is how do we create generational wealth amongst our youth when our mindset is really so entrapped and, and is where the, where the wealth needs to happen first? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where we need to work on first the audacity, the self-belief, the, uh, the right. The right to to have that belief system. Um, so I I I love that mindset. Is how do we you know instill in our children now that are adults um, and and we have the ability to to change how we are to youth right because change happens um, in young minds. Like we're able to uh, instill in them. Uh, that sense of self-belief where we're not jaded by life yet. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you there, I don't and I don't know what that point is, right? Where you get to the it is it 17, 18 or 20, mid 20s. I don't even know. You know, where is that point where you sit, you take what you've learned throughout your youth and say, okay, now what am I gonna do? versus like when you have, especially in the Hispanic and Latino community, a lot of like um the the underserved mindset of this is your potential potential this is the 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 highest that you you can go ideally you know and we we as individuals have to discover that within ourselves to say no 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 there's more and there's more there's more and, and how do i carve a path but how do i instill that going forward you know what are your thoughts on instilling that um With instilling self-belief, but also within our adults around Mm -hmm. us, within our peers even around us. How do we instill belief in this generation? Wow.
1: Well, here's there's so many. And we can go in many different conversations. We're going to start with children first. And to know when children, and when they're young. And I've heard this from parents and say, oh, my God, my child doesn't like being a Latina. And she's embarrassed of being a Latina. And, And I'm thinking, wow, your child is five. Where did your child learn this from? To me, it would be a magical, mystical experience. mi amor, we're going to the museum. I'm going to show you these beautiful dresses and baile folklorico and this and that and the other. Like I want that child, my child, to be super proud of her heritage, to know that she's an amazing contributor into this world. How do I find that youth and that teen where I've seen it, where I'm up on the stage, Sandra, and, and there's days that they're not pretty because I'm exhausted, okay? I'm exhausted, flat out. And I show up to that speech and I hear that, that teenager who's standing right next to their appearance saying, I was about to give up. How about we give every ounce of effort to say, you know what, Johnny, Mary, Maria, you know, Juanito, whoever you are, what are you most passionate about? And find a way as opposed to, I think we, we cut down people slowly We chop down their tree. We chop down their dreams. We chop down their potential. See, we were all born as magic. All of us. There's an intelligence inside of us. Everything that we need, everything that's ever going to be needed inside of us was already inside of us. We're just like that seed. We have unlimited potential inside of us that has not been tapped into. And I know what it sounds like. I know that it sounds like a lot of the times, oh, what do you mean? You're going to go to school across the country. You shouldn't leave your familia. I mean, I've seen so many people's dreams be cut down and end up in menial labor jobs because of it. Hey, how about we dream? How about we instill everything? And how about we lead ourselves? See, it's through leading ourselves that others will follow. And I'm going to repeat that. It is through leading ourselves that others will follow and they'll see, wow, like mom did that right now right? Or dad did that, or cousin, or somebody did it. You know, I was one of the first few people in my family to go to university. And now there's been so many people that have gone to university as a result of it, right? And I was a rebel. I wasn't going to take it. And even though I heard the message from, even from my own family, my mother used to say, you know what, you're going to fail. You should be home taking care of your husband and taking care of your child. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm 19 years old. I have a four-year-old. I am taking care of my child. And no, I'm not going to be with an abusive individual that's cutting down my dreams. I want to show my son what's possible and probable in this world, and lead the way. And no matter what it costs me, I will share with him, and I will teach him by my example, not by my words.
0: That was so beautiful um, and so perfect into like what I want to go next, but like that is. Um, the core, right? We can't change the world until we change ourselves, our perspective, how we react, how we decide to definitively take action in and on our lives it can happen no other way there is no magic formula we are magic and that is the magic that we are able to create and manifest our lives how we desire it so long as we take action to work towards it so long as we are focused on that it, thing that it is that we want to create now a lot of things is that people don't always know what they want to do in life you know and and i struggle you know with Try with, with uh, my understanding of that, uh, of that conversation, like when someone has, or says they don't and, and I've worked with clients that we've moved past that, but I hear that more and more in different topics and conversations where people say, well, I don't know what my purpose is. And I don't know what I want to do in life. And so how do we um, address that? You know, I don't want to, uh, you know, how do we address that? And then what is your message to the world on all of it? Here's the beauty of it. We all know. We all know. Let's start by knowing.
1: We all know. We know it instinctually. And let's just remember, even being a child, what made our heart sing? What would make our heart sing? We had all the money in the world. Just think about it for a moment. We have had everything, every opportunity in the world. What would make our heart sing here now? That's the beauty of it. How do we tap into it in this instant? to know that anything and everything is probable because it is we all know and let's start by owning it let's own be our, authentic with ourselves let's own everything our adversity let's own our culture let's own our life experiences let's own what we know what we don't know let's own the good the bad and the ugly and let's be vocal let's express what we desire because freedom is in the expression Sometimes we won't express what we want because we don't want people around us to feel less than or fearful or that they can't do it themselves or that there's not enough. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I see it. I see it even in youth in kids. Sometimes they don't want to go after something that's greater than themselves because they don't think there's going to be enough for the rest. Guess what? Let me just share. There's so much here to go around for all of us. It's not just meant for one of us. It is there for all of us, let's tap into it, our potential is far greater than what we could even imagine in this moment. I'll share one thing, Sandra, going back to the way that I see the world. Here's an image that I had many years ago, and I have friends from all over the world from a very young age. And I remember being in Bosnian clothing. This is just a number of years back. And I'm so excited, and my hair's up, and I'm in this beautiful Bosnian dress, and we're going to open up a, a mosque and celebrate with people from all over Bosnia. And I, I was so excited, and I remember sitting in the back seat, and here, here's two beautiful women, mo- mother and daughter. And as I was just enjoying that moment and relishing everything in the back seat, I remember my friend saying, I hope we don't get shot at. And I said what? Like it never crossed my mind. Somebody else's reality being so different, right? Even even in this time and space reality that we're in here now. What do I see? I see a world that no one ever has to say that. That no one ever voices that. I see a world of unity. I see a world of compassion. I see a world that we see each other closer than what we really think, that we can see each other in each other's eyes and know that we want the same thing, that we all desire the same thing, that we want to take care of ourselves. We want to take care of our families. We want to take care of our street, our block, our community. I
0: see that world. I love that. Uh, Rocio that is so beautiful it's been such a wonderful past hour spending time with you there are so many beautiful things that you shared that um, are certainly gonna give our audience food for thought and and just a sense of enlightenment and and awareness that we're not alone we're we're all individuals not striving to be leaders but striving to lead ourselves to, to make change within ourselves so that we can make change amongst others and amongst our communities. And that and therefore lies in what really leadership is. It is how we function as ourselves and how we are able to show that amongst others and show that what what is really possible um, to happen. And all of that is at the core of who we are, despite our trials, despite our traumas, despite the incidences in our life that can affect us soulfully and 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 are traumatic uh in many senses. But how do we how do we live despite that? How do we live today and make a difference today? And how do we make today matter to other people? And how do we make and and share our message going forward? And I think you are um You so beautifully wrap that up in the work that you do and in in how you share and how you speak and how you showcase who you are that, um, you know, despite what we're all enduring, this um, circumstance, you know, we have the ability to really make our lives, not be subject to our lives, but really create something beautiful while we're alive. This one life, this life agreement that we are experiencing right now. Um, I have, I, I love you every time that I am having a conversation with you. Um, and I am just grateful for your time here during this podcast. Um, would love to ask you, you know, any, if you have any last words and then for sure, how can someone connect with you and follow you and be a part of you? And I know you have a book as well. Um, if you'd like to share how they can reach that, um, yes, here's my book, It's
1: Unstoppable. Seven Steps to Becoming a More Intentional Leader. Thank you so much on that, Sandra. And I think it's so powerful. Here, we talk about being unstoppable. How do we own that? How do we put on that cape of that we all can, right? Because we all have, as children, that we believe that we were unstoppable. Somewhere along the way, we lost track of it. Whether we listened to somebody, we had an experience, whatever it is, let's return into our unstoppable nature. The way that people can reach me, they can contact me directly at... Rocio at InventivaConsulting.com. That's Rocio at InventivaConsulting.com. And they can also call me at 303-587-8367. 303-587-8367. I'm all over social media, including LinkedIn and Instagram. Find me there. We're all over the place. And we're here to serve. The most important thing is how do we choose to live here now? It's not what happens to us. Because life only happens through us. Who do we choose to be from here now? And what legacy shall we live? And for me, it's to leave that impact and it be able to impact my children's 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 for the seventh generation to know that this world is a better place because of my existence. Because I stepped up and said, hey, no mas, I create something new.
0: I love that so much. You're making me so emotional. You've made me emotional, but even more so, I feel like my eyes are tearing on that last statement. Rocio, I am always grateful to hear you and your contribution and your power and your energy and your audacity to really instill in people to live, to live fruitfully, to live um, purposefully, to live intentionally because life is short and we have to own who we are and execute on who we are because suddenly 10 years passes. And, and now, you know, we, you know, time happens with or without you making change, it's going to come. So might as well make that time be intentional with what we choose to do with it and the legacy that we, we consciously want to leave behind. So I am so grateful to you. Thank you so much for being on this podcast and, a más because, you know, we have lots of other things going yes. on. Yes.
1: And Sandra, it's always such a pleasure to be here with you. I love your life. I love what you're doing for the community and for the world and how you empower people to step up and own their greatness. Thank you for doing that.